I am unashamed. What about you? So I've been seeing Stone out here every day now. It's on equipment, so something must be happening. We've waited four months. You borrowed the water last October. You borrowed the water. Pump it into your hole. We didn't have to pump last year during October and November going into duck season because the range did it. Yeah. Three inches, four inches. That save you a little money? Thousands. So Because it costs a lot to run a pump. So we got it up to a duck hunting level. <clears throat> yep. I mean, it flooded what we, we plant, duck feed and all this, millet and whatnot. So the duck season came and went. Good duck season. Very fruit, fruitful. So we had plenty of ducks. We got them. Duck season ended. The river slowly started to rise, and it came up to around 36 Dropped back down to about 30, and it stayed there for four months up to today. But I checked it yesterday, and the the riverside where we got our water, borrow our water from, it's beginning to reseed. So the backwater is officially fixing to end this week. So now we start draining, dry it up as quick as we can. Which turns into quite the visual the feeding frenzy, you get to see the food chain up close and because, personal. Because everything's... It's a planning frenzy. We, we're planting the silt, <laughs> the it's... muck that the high water left. Yeah. That's rich, rich, rich. The water, the water, the dirt comes out of the water and just silt. And so when it hits dry ground, we the first seed that comes up is the seed that wins. So sometimes we wait on the Almighty to plant it, see what he plants, and go with it, or sometimes we do like this year, as soon as it gets down to the muck, we got a track machine that uh, the Yamaha people have furnished, a you know, four-wheeler with tracks instead of wheels, it's tracks. Which is a spiritual principle, because last year we planted, we planted the rice, and we're not rice slanters. Strike out. <laughs> uh, we should have let God plant it, because when we tried by our own effort, and resources we had rice that come up that was beautiful it looked majestic unfortunately there was no kernel in the rice housing husk in the husk <laughs> so we were left with husk Empty so we husk. had a we lack had a, of water and fertilizer we've had to redneck it some years at work sometimes <laughs> well i was trying to make a spiritual application <laughs> on the whole point of romans is he sometimes allows you to do what shouldn't be done so you realize that maybe you should put all your hopes and dreams on his power <laughs> not yours i was just making a spiritual i'm in that sometimes he plants it sometimes the, the devil plants it so <laughs> i look at what's coming up and i'm like what about you you're escaping responsibility smart weed, smart weed god did that i'm gonna refer <laughs> you to uh who was our guest here that said hey the devil gets way too much credit here so, uh, i hey, see coffee beans and i'm like the devil's doing his work oh yeah jace you could speak to that the coffee beans uh, that I don't like coffee beans, but but they're not. We didn't realize they were toxic till Jace was out there grabbing them. Both his hands turned purple. Turned purple, yeah. It, it, it messed okay. with your heart flow. I said, which Man, was this... my point. This this is not this is not preferred. 
It's like the Germans say, do not walk across those mustard fields because it's toxic at certain yeah. times. It'll kill you. You, oh, yeah. you fall dead. And yeah. Cy was that, over there spent some time in Germany, you know. A German farmer said, oh, no, 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 no. No, Cy <laughs> was deer hunting in the mustard field. Yeah. Which and explains so, a lot about me. And the German well, alerted him, you could die right there, my friend. It doesn't explain a lot, but it does <laughs> at least explain something. <laughs> There but could, I, could have been a, some loss of uh, the brain oxygen during that period of time. So yeah, so that's uh, just kind of the season of where things are. Well, I, I like making spiritual applications, obviously, but you know, I got this hat from uh, Dallas Jenkins when we. I was going to ask we, you about it. Come and see is what. Yeah. It said. Well, we did this when we watched the premiere of the new show when we were in Dallas. So he gives me this hat. When we got up on stage, he said, we're proud to introduce tonight our, our new slogan going forward. Because they had they used different verses in the Bible. And one of them was get used to different. I'm not sure where that's at, but this one I know. because. So he said, so what's your hat say, Jace? Well, when he handed me the hat, I never read it. I just put it on my head. So I had to take my hat off. <laughs> It was embarrassing. It's horrible. And so then I was thinking, what if somebody asked me where that is? I don't know. Because when I saw that, you know, when we were kids and you, we'd go down to South Louisiana and watch LSU baseball games mm -hmm. and all because Phil's sister lived down there. Well, the, the biggest Cajun phrase down there was come see. Yeah. It, that was like... Come over here. What what would be the redneck version of that? Uh, or, or like come here. Yeah, they would. They said come see. And so, because when they first would say that, I thought, well, what? see what? See what? Yeah, but yeah. there was nothing to see. They just wanted you to come over here. And so, uh, so that got me intrigued. But it's found in John one, when Philip and Nathaniel Jesus came up there. Of course, he. It's one of my favorite callings in the Bible because Jesus was like, hey, Nathaniel, I saw you when you were alone under the fig tree, and I knew what you were thinking. You know yeah. that story about Jacob's ladder? I'm the ladder. <laughs> but Kind of blew Nathaniel's yeah, mind. But, but what's funny is Nathaniel, he's like, he's just ripping Jesus. I mean, here's the creator of the universe in flesh. And he's like, where's this guy from? And he's like Nazareth. You know, he's talking to him like he's not there. Nazareth. Can anything good come from there? <laughs> and Philip said, come and see. All right. That's where it, that's where it came. So from. when you think about it, which is really an overall theme that you have to be willing to take a look at Jesus in your life and to be open to get this. Mm -hmm. no a lot, no a lot of people keep Jesus at bay in their mind and heart, and they, they won't come and see. Yeah, Because, you know, when I first got in on this, I hoped it was true. But after a little bit, after what I saw, because, you know, Christ in you is the mystery of godliness. Yeah, I came looking at about 28. I never right. looked. Yep. No searching on my part. Come and see. 28, I started looking. Yep. I'm like, hmm. I that's think that's it. why I like this show so much. Cause I, <laughs> is that the same where he, when, and then Jesus winks when he, 
He like oh, gives a look. That. Look, I that, made that's mention. in that scene. He asked it, me yeah. what my favorite, <laughs> what my favorite scene was. Of course, Missy gave a way better answer than me, but that's another story. You know, she. <laughs> but you don't want to. You don't want to belittle yourself in front of us. We are. We know. <laughs> well, it was just she gave. She gave this tearful. We're not shocked. Like by that, it. Yeah. It pricked your heart about Mary and us identifying when we make mistakes and overcoming our past. And mine was when Jesus winked. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good because it really. It was kind of like there's nothing good out of you know. You read nothing his, good out of Nazareth. You read Mary's. Me. <laughs> you, you read Mary's lips. Bank. And he said, <laughs> "No problem." For the listeners, feel just. I've always thought it was a little overkill that many gallons of wine. But who am I to question the Lord on something? That's so exactly I said, right. Let her rip. Well, you, look. Here's what people have 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 tried to throw me under the bus over this, but you got to remember. Of all, what is the most underrated? I'm on. This will be a good trivia off the top of my head. Riddle: What's the most underrated fruit of the spirit? Underrated fruit of the spirit. Well, I've got Love, you on this one. Joy, <laughs> yeah. maybe patience. joy, peace, patience. I would say patience, kindness. No, no, I'm talking about underrated. You hear all these sermons on all these. Things. Oh, that you don't hear it on this. One. Yeah, underrated. Okay, that that's you. not ever talked about. Okay, you still hadn't got there. Right. You have not named it yet, and we're kindness, goodness, gentleness, thirty, forty, faithfulness, self control. Uh oh, probably self control. Self control. Because think about this: when you have one, is this the last one? On just the list? be. It's the last one on the list, and people don't ever look at situations where you could use that. But if if the Lord Himself made six, how big were them jars? There was one hundred and eighty gallons. One hundred and eighty gallons of. The, fermented the, drink, the contrary wine. to what the fringe group says. That <laughs> no, oh, it, it in was this, before. In the redneck world, it demands self control. I tell you. <laughs> well, you have an opportunity, not not demand. You have an opportunity to exercise self control. This is about the best I've fruit. ever tasted, uh, Lord. But I'm gonna drink two at the most and. Call, well, call it call it a night. But that's a what rap. I'm saying. Just think about that power of that. It, it's a fruit of the spirit. Right. It's not to that not you're doing over. it instead of God. Because a lot of people, I, I just made the point that in a in a playful way, but I was serious, that God's power is what we're relying on. Correct. But he gives us the spirit. Right. One of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. Now, Miss Kay is when she comes with a glass of wine ever so often. She'll walk in, but she said, you want a glass of wine? I said, yeah. So she goes in there, and she pours me a glass of wine. But 99.999% of the time, that's it. For me right. to say bring me another glass is rare. Right. I just yeah. drink a glass of wine, and I go to bed. Good for your stomach. Yep. Good well, I just remember when I was having a study with a guy, and he was like, well. I'm not going to make look, a rule. Look, you can't touch alcohol. He, he said, <laughs> I can't come to Jesus because I was born a certain way. Well, he's always born this way. So what do you do? And, and so, so what do I you said, do? You study with somebody and they say, I can't touch that because I'm a drunk. What do you tell them? 
They say, look, I, said, well, don't I, used, touch I used to be a drunk, so what don't are you doing it. drinking a glass of wine? In I said, well, exercise the fruit of the Spirit God gave you, self-control. I do I, I do think that. It, what's the verse that says uh, everything is permissible, permissible but, but not, not everything, everything is, is beneficial. beneficial? Based on your current circumstance, some people should never touch it. I believe that. True. Mm-hmm. People like me who don't have a problem. I got other problems. I'm not saying I'm perfect. But I've never been... <laughs> tempted to get drunk because of your past i mean just being honest i thought not doing that there's never been a temptation for me to do that yep and so once it's easier because i've never have experienced it i got past the curiosity thing at about 20 probably i was curious for a while now if you apply that to well, the, sometime you can watch others and you can say i was glad i was curious exactly every <laughs> time i saw other people <laughs> d- d- commode like, hugging i thought nope this just validated <laughs> that that is not a temptation i am not doing that so for so, someone so like what we're me, saying is experience is really not the best teacher someone else's experience is really the best yeah. teacher what you're saying is observation <laughs> is a teacher sometimes exactly so i think i'm free to drink every once in a while you know, because I'm not going to get drunk. I'm not going to drink more than one in of anything. Titus one says I'm not to be given too much wine. Right. So yeah. I asked him. I said, "So how much you figure is not much?" And they all look at this guy and they're thinking to me. I said, "You know what it is? Not much." <laughs> 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 Which would mean a little. <laughs> a little, not a lot. How about little wine? It said. That's right. Have a little I've wine. actually said that. Look, which was embarrassing, but I was at a restaurant and somebody bought us a bottle of wine, and it wasn't me. I didn't even. Now here I'm in a situation that someone else said, "Hey." We like y'all show and what y'all do. Kudos to y'all. Here's a bottle of wine. Yeah. Okay, now we got an opportunity. That's behaving like Jesus. Here's so some wine. So the uh, waiter pours me a, a cup of wine. Well, I look back and I said, that's too much. And he was looking like, he was looking at the bottle. I was like, in my glass. That, that was that, your, your bad, Jace, to tell a man when he pours your glass away. Well, uh oh, huh? You went over the line. Well, Let me tell you. No, you didn't have to drink I, I it just up. thought, well, what if I don't like it? I, but then I thought, yeah, I don't want to put my lips on it and say, I don't like That's kind of what I was thinking. What if I don't like this? And once I put my lips on it, I'm not then going to pour it in someone else's glass. No. So I said, that's too much. So I meant pour it in someone else's glass. But he wasn't registering, so I said, allow, allow me. And so I took mine, <laughs> poured half of it in my wife's, and I said, that's perfect, not much. I used <laughs> your line. Let's, but uh, he, let's, he take, a, let's he take, a, take a break. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how you learn, right, what's, what's too much. And so, what's... so y'all acting like that I did wrong. I thought I did a good thing. But then I tasted it. I thought, ooh, that's pretty good. I'm glad I poured half of this out. <laughs> <laughs> I would have just maybe sipped it, maybe not, but I wouldn't have said, hey, don't yes, we pour too much. I, no, I would do that. <laughs> I would say good deed. Thank y'all. Kudos. <laughs> well, so so Lisa and I were in California a few months ago, and we were in Napa Valley, which is, I guess, the greatest producer of wine, one of the greatest in the world. Easy, Al, easy. And, and there's all these wineries, and it's a beautiful, beautiful place. But so we did a, we spoke at a pregnancy center fundraiser and I speak at these all over the country. And, you know, obviously there's 
a, a lot of religious people that are you know pro life people that are doing these events. But I told it was the, it was unique because I've never been at a at a pro life event like that where they had like a silent auction, you know, where you bid on stuff and all the money goes to the to the group. It was everything was wine, like because you had all these wineries around there, and sure, so everything there had bottles of wine, or you know, mm-hmm. you could. It was a trip to the stay at the hotel next to the winery, and it was just, and then they were drinking wine, you know. And I had just never been to one of these things because usually it's like quote unquote religious people, so nobody's going to touch any alcohol. But it was, I told them, I was like, I've never been to a fundraiser where wine was the feature, but it was because yep. it's there. Yep. But we, we went around and toured that area. It's beautiful. And, and I would say that was a good thing. It was a did. great thing see, because you know they, raised, they raised $200,000 that night. That's what but I'm see, saying. See, self-control as a fruit of the Spirit would probably mean more there. That's right. Because you have yep. an opportunity. Why is it in there? What's he, the way, what else is he talking about? I went throughout the, the, the country, country, <laughs> like a country, the state <laughs> of uh, California, but I ran up on decent, hardworking people. That's great people. Though. From one end of California to the other, they were good duck hunters. They they took care of them, the duck holes and the, they they drained water, flooded it. They were the, a little overkill sometimes, but they had little rocks so that you wouldn't even get your boots muddy. I, I thought that was a little much, but <laughs> but the bottom line is they had some beautiful places. Jason with me, we all hunted California, but it was it was great duck hunting. We got a lot of listeners out wow. there too. Some of the best people I've ever met. So are from the California. the event we spoke at was the first meeting in that county in 15 months. The first gathering of people, you know, because California's been super lockdown, and so they were raucous. I mean, they were so excited to just be with people again. You know, it was yeah, it was great for us speaking because you know you right. know that Jason, you get an audience that is excited about being there. I mean, it, it helps you be better. Yep. It just comes back to leadership. That's what we said. I mean, right. they get a bad rap because the leadership yep. is the one setting the tone for how things are going. But well, you're right. When you look at the numbers on who they vote for, and all, it's quite, I mean, pretty sure more than one out of three. I was people. surprised there were so many good people there that I was impressed with. And a lot of them have a lot of them yeah. have left there. Yeah, the last have. year it's been a mass exodus. I mean, they look so normal see, and you, shockingly. You, Most of them that I met over there were. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so see, we learned that you can't lump people in together because nope. you'd be like, just like Nathaniel saying, that's can right. anything good come out of California? <laughs> and then there's a lot of people that would say, come and see. Yeah, come and see. <laughs> which, is, which is what I did. And I'm going back in October. I'm excited about it. Which is a major statement. That's why I'm saying it It takes a lack of prejudice of, of not stereotyping people for watching the news and forming opinions and the same thing about Jesus. Applies. The herd instinct. Yeah. You know, if you go to one church out of the thousands that are out there, tens of thousands and form an opinion, well, no wonder people are leaving. Well, this is exactly right. So I want to mention the, uh, your daily feel, which is a book that's exclusive for Walmart. And that, this is really good. This is like a, it's a hundred day devotional. They took the blaze TV, uh, 800 episodes of that in the woods 12 to 15 minutes i recommend just read through one of them one of them a day you just read through one of them they took about a hundred of them mm-hmm. of the topics and you know just a redneck expounding on jesus basically so you should come out with a book too and have the other 265 <laughs> right. just call it the other 
if, we, if we sell look, enough of these, we will. And you could I call was thankful it, Walmart is the one that I mean, this is exclusive look, for Walmart. I'm giving you breaking. This is this is a marketing. <laughs> That's Walmart look. only. Walmart you could only. call it your refill. Yeah, refill. Your daily refill. Pretty smart. There. See, Jace is the market. Trying to make so, you some money. So Jace, most people might not world. know this, but uh, say what you will about the Walmart type uh, things in the world. But I was driving around in my pickup selling duck calls for about three or four or five years. And when I I finally got a few in Walmart just by talking to the sporting goods department back there. But finally the buyer calls me up. I said, who are you? He said, I'm the buyer. I said, so how do you fit into this? He said, I'm the one <laughs> who allows you to stock your product in Walmart and I've never seen you. He said, how are you getting them in the Walmart chain? I said, one store at a time, sir. <laughs> you actually around. weren't allowed to do that. Yeah, driving around in my pickup truck. He said, is that the way you're doing it? I said, I'm just going from Walmart to Walmart. I said, you know, in this computerized world, if you and I got together, you being the buyer, I said, I didn't know you existed. I said, but it looked like to me we could come up with something. He said, come to see me. Well, Jace ended up being the man that I sent up there. Yep, but I your, met with him a time or two. But he's the one that carried my duck call, put it on a national level without me even knowing it. And we all saw the order, and we were like, whoa, Walmart's on board. So from there, basically, if you want to know the truth of the matter, Walmart put us on a national level without us. And I was it. sent because of my poker playing skill set of reading people and being Chase was being the one who ended to. up talking to the buyers. You see what I'm saying? And he'd hold his ground because they're trying to get negotiator. you at a cheaper being, price. Being able to bluff was a necessity. Sometimes Jace came back from Walmart. I said, okay, did you get the order? He said, didn't get it. And I said, do what? He said <laughs> that they wanted to cut our prices too much. He said, so I told him, no, not enough. So Jay said, but we'll, we'll get them eventually. Just <laughs> calm down. Well, a few months go by, and the old buyer comes through and says, start. okay, all right, all right, we'll stock them at your price. He told Jay later, he said, I was just seeing if I could get yeah. you a little oh, cheaper. Yeah. Hey, the guy, one of them. It's that, a game. That it's no a longer worked for Walmart. We became friends after. He cussed me out. <laughs> he said, well, I wasn't being serious. Like when I saw him later, he's like, I was just trying to let you know I meant business. <laughs> and I'm and I left, yeah. And we got to be friends later because three months later, no word, and we just the order came through the computer just with the price I gave him. Right. I mean, he, and he Jay stuck to his gun. Well, the problem he just said you poor got, as we were, a lot was riding. Well, I was gonna on say that. the problem with any small business. This was like six figures. Yeah, the problem with any small business is when you rely on one major source, you know, and that that's how your business is built. If they happen to cut you out. Then you're in a bind. So we, we trusted in God and we moved forward. And the WalMarts of the world come along there, but but most for for the most part, I would say, Jace, they they were fair. Yeah. Would, would you well, say? Well, I mean, they would if you didn't have the right makeup. Because I can't see a lot of people. So your poker skills, the straight face, dead pen, and it came to life. Hey, him cussing me out meant nothing to me. <laughs> I thought the number is the number. You can. <laughs> I don't care if you're kicking and screaming. Just sign the dotted line, and we'll continue. It's the line for so, taking. There's no negotiation. The price is the price. <laughs> 
I got up and walked out. He's like, you walk out of that door. He's like, it's over. I well, just opened it. All I have it. to say about him is kudos to Walmart because this book is about spiritual matters. Yeah. And they, and they let it in. They did. They and took it in. Now, they were the only good. ones. It's an exclusive, but but I'm thank, thank you again, I Walmart. I think so. did that by design. So I'm a, let's take another break. So one of the good things about the summertime is a lot of people are on the go. They're outside. They're working. They're playing. Um, you know, they're listening to our podcast. You know, one, of, one of the most frequent things Jesus ever said was, he who has ears, let him hear. Mm, I like that. That's pretty good. And you can hear even better if you have some Raycon wireless earbuds uh, to listen to our podcast. If you're using that or you're running or you're doing stuff outside, you get crisp powerful beats at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you want to check these guys out. They go wherever you go. Uh, they're very good, uh, very clear. So Raycon is offering 15% off all their products for our listeners. And here's what you do. You go to buy Raycon. That's B-U-I-R-A-Y-C-O-N. Buyraycon.com slash unashamed. You get 15% off your first order. Buyraycon.com slash unashamed. And start Hearing with your ears. So I want to mention this shirt you're wearing in this picture today, because this will be the last picture that you ever take in that, that shirt. That shirt, ladies and gentlemen, now. Tell the, them where it's at now. It is hanging on a, ma what do you call them, a mannequin? Manic mannequin. When you see the women's with their dresses on, the... the <laughs> They put me in the museum. <laughs> for the listeners, Phil, for the listeners, he Phil just froze. Dad, rigor mortis. Hall of Fame now, and my face was not near like what it really is. <laughs> it wasn't even an exact uh, mannequin. Yeah, but it was just a skinny <laughs> face, dude. You mannequin. know. But he had that shirt on, because I sent it to him, and it hurt my feelings because I wore that shirt for twenty five years. years. I never washed it. See yep. the patch right there. We've celebrated that. Well, so well, my wife actually. I hated said, losing I that shirt, but it's going to be uh, in a museum until Jesus comes that's back. Exactly right. So unless many the people place burns down. That. So I wonder if people, if you get a face mask to be able to see it. Face mask to see what? He didn't wash the shirt for twenty five years. I know. If you wanted to go look at it, so you would have it's to. glass. <laughs> it's glass. in a glass thing. It's in a uh, glass cube. You can't get in there. And it showed, you remember that little two would cut the end of the duck cards, that little scoop? Yeah. That was in there. So they got that from somebody up here. They I, got, I got it for them. They just want to know my little tools of the trade there. Showed so the I had some cards. of those old tools. And look, it still had, it had worn places in the grip yeah. from when y'all were digging out the, all those end pieces. Right. Yeah. It was really interesting. So when we were, the, we went through it the first time with all the big wigs, you know, that are there. And so there's a patch on this pocket and then half of this sleeve on his arm is a patch. Yeah, I did the sewing myself. Yeah. So he sewed up this thing. So you burned it, right? It, it was really interesting because when just, I just wearing it out from the well, I remember one day you got you caught on fire in a duck blind. I've been on fire. Shirt, shirt on. <laughs> so when I so I told dad, I said, Dad, we need some some of your hunting clothes. And I said, I want your sunglasses, the headband, the whole deal, because it's going to go on a mannequin in this museum. Tell and, the truth, though. This was a ploy to get that stinky shirt. Well, now, me. here's the thing, though, Jess. So, so because Martin has been calling me every year for 20 years saying, would you please talk Phil into not wearing that shirt? Because it's, it's made by it, a, it's, it's made by a competitor, a competitor yeah. to our sponsor. And I, I said, Martin, he, he, there's mom, and then there's that shirt. 
And so, you know, there's that that's the, the linkage of God, mom, God, mom shirt. and the shirt. There's it was the <laughs> finest for Louisiana weather uh, apparel I'd ever put on my body. And I know that I just looked at it, it said 50 percent wool. You know, made in Bangladesh or somewhere, and I'm like, whoa. But, <laughs> but I put the thing on, and I said, whoa, wait a minute. I said, whoa. I said, half wool. And I said, man, that, so, but that thing, so look, Jay, it took a, a lot of, uh, well, 25 years. So when I asked him, I, you know, his dad's got a closet that's full of camouflaged clothes because you've never thrown anything away, I don't guess. There, there are. There I've given are, a lot of that to there, people. There are, yeah, and you're right. We gave a lot to charity. So there are probably 200 different things in there. So I thought he would just go in the closet and grab something he doesn't wear. So I was stunned. So he, so Dad sends me in a box the mm. hunting, the hunting pants that he had worn all year last year hunting, without also washing. not been washed, no washing, and that shirt. So when I opened Did up that you box, wear gloves when, when you... I opened up that box, I went, whoo. Musty. Yeah. I mean, it, it, smelled, musty. it smelled like duck wine, dog. Should we explain why you don't wash your clothes? So it washes the warmth out of them and wears them out faster. <laughs> I don't agree. High dollar uh, uh, soap, the warmth. soap suds. You keep washing clothes and you wonder why they disappear. Too much washing. They, it's just too much. So I'm going duck hunting. Why would I need somebody's? Oh, you need a good, can't nice, smell. crisp shirt on. And he can't smell. No, I can't smell. <laughs> so, so look, so I, so I, I packed all this up. I put his duck calls in there because it has to. So, it, all that stuff goes to New Orleans first. Then you probably I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a there's a some people in New Orleans. They take stuff from all over for museums, and so then they go and then they set it all up. So, I, so I was talking to some woman. I said, "Well, I'm sending you this stuff." I said, "Now look, I'm a little surprised because he sent his favorite shirt." That he's yeah. worn for 25 they years. They wanted a likeness of me, and I said, well, this pretty well covered. But mm-hmm. it was great. And so what happened was when I told all the people that were there, you know, when we were there with them, I said, you're not going to believe this, but you see that shirt? And of course, it, it's so unique because it's got these patches all over. I said, Dad wore that shirt every day hunting for 25 years. That is correct. Duck hunting. I said, so that really is him. Now, the unwashed. Unwashed. So, but I thought some poor girl in New Orleans, she opened that box up and she went, whoo. You know, <laughs> this, this this smells like duck hunting. <laughs> but now they've got it in a glass case, so I guess it's all Mustiness good. Mustiness was never a turnoff to me. Mustiness, something that smells musty. Right. Because you get it out in the air, the sunlight, that leaves. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's why they say the number one problem of when there is a problem is admitting there is a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has to start with the admission. I don't think that's going to start with that. Well, let's get back in and finish up Romans 11. Uh, well, because I left a teaser a couple of podcasts ago. We never got to it. And we left off. But similar to Romans 1, when it says God gave them over to do not what ought not to be done. Did I get that right? Yep. yep. To do what not ought to because be done. Because they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, God gave them over to do what ought not to be done. Right. Yeah. So he gets to Romans 11 and he kind of has a reminder because here is this chosen group out of the group who said, we, we just want to be God's people because we were born in Israel. And he's like, hang on, I want the whole world. You are the foundation, which you got to remember. But the mes- all- Messianic Jewish people, the ones who believe Jesus, in fact, was their Messiah, which right. he was. Those who are still in America, 
when you meet with them, you, you'll see it makes your heart swell with happiness. That's right. Well, knowing, I, knowing there were some that said, okay, yeah, we get it. There is and they live in America. I don't know how many in Israel over there, but as a people, as a nation, nope. Yep. yep. <coughs> but we we gave the example last time in Romans 11, Elijah, and there was only a few. He thought he's the only one, and God's like, hey, I was I got 7,000 you don't even know about. And so he gets to verse seven and he says, what then, what Israel sought so earnestly it did not obtain, but the elect did. The others were hardened as it is written. God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes so that they could not see and ears that they could not hear to this very day. And we've already covered that in multiple podcasts. He did that so that you would re- would realize you can't do it on your own. You cannot answer life's greatest problems, nor can you obtain anything meaningful based on your own effort and yeah. contrary to how much money you have or how smart you are. Yeah. You wind up dealing with the mistakes you've made in your past and trying to find a way to live again. And the guy that's writing it down says... Again, did they stumble, the Jews, so as to fall beyond recovery? Not at all. Rather, because of their transgressions, salvation has come to Gentiles to make Israel envious. But if their transgression means riches to the world and their loss means riches for the Gentiles, remember, he makes a point, I'm I'm an apostle to the Gentiles. I stood there. While, while they stoned to death, mm-hmm. Stephen, I was standing there holding the, yeah. their clothes so they could kill him, and he's the one doing the talking. So you just look at it, you say, uh, in the hope that I may somehow arouse my own people to envy and save some of them. If their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? They yeah. can have the same. We all can have <laughs> the same thing. But they just dug in their heels and said, these Gentiles, we just don't like them. In fact, we don't love you. told us to love these this bunch. Yeah. Well, so, another. Hang, per- hang on, Jess. Let's take a break. And he was one of their killers. Another right. another parallel passage to that, what I read about the, before we, I get your definition of the spirit of stupor, is that in verse 32, it says God has bound all men over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all, which is a very pondering verse. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it, it's, I go back to the Luke 15 when the father, the son said, give me all my stuff. Give me an inheritance. He let him go. Right. Why? So the son would realize, you know what? Wasn't real bad there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Once he wound up in a pig pen, so I wanted to, I think this is a bumper sticker, uh, the spirit of stupor. You know, it didn't say stupid, spirit of stupor. So what do y'all think stupor means? I would say sluggish, uh, fog, hard-headed, foggy. Would, a condition would of greatly dulled dull. or completely suspended sense or sensibility yeah you remember what the son you remember what was the triggering moment coming to their senses in the pig pen that's it he came to his his senses senses. you remember in romans one he says they are senseless Senseless. 
So faithless. And then he adds heartless. And the rednecks say and that. And then the ruthless. I mean, that's a, and the that's red, a bad human being there. That's right. The redneck definition would be, that old boy ain't got any sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. I've heard you say that before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's right. Cause yeah. It, and I it, always say, too dumb to pour pee out of a boot with, <laughs> with the directions on the heel. You just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, that's Would they put directions on the heel? Well... Even if they were there, you still wouldn't get it. Oh, that's how dumb you okay. are. You're in a stupor. I think of it like someone wakes up, like something happens and you wake up. You know how it takes you a little while to figure out what, what's going on here because I've been asleep. Well, that's true. The, that same kind of – but it, think about it. If you lived in that, that, that was the What's way. interesting is this definition, there's different ones when you Google. Someone who is in a stupor is almost, is almost unconscious unconscious and is unable to act or think normally, especially as a result of drink or drugs, which is basically what happens. It's what happened in Luke 15 and it's what happens here. The the gospel is interjected as far as the gospel is concerned. Verse 28 of Romans 11, they are enemies on your account, but as far as election is concerned, they're loved by the Lord because of the patriarchs and all that. I can understand that, mm-hmm. but but I just want to interject here one little point about the religious world and all of them, all the 25,000 different groups running around out there. It looks like, Jay's to me, my plea is a simple one. Why don't we just all come together on faith in Jesus coming down and becoming flesh, dying on a cross, being buried and raised from the dead and ascending back to heaven after 40 days. He convinced him he's alive and that he's there to mediate for us and he'll give you life and immortality if you just love him and love each other. Why in the world, out of the 25,000 groups, I read their writings all the time. Al, it is, it is uh, painfully small for the ones who say we just simply put our faith and Jesus coming down in flesh, dying and being buried for us and raised from the dead. I don't know why we can't all agree with that. Come together on it. Get rid of all the names. Just say because I think Jesus it's like people. Nathaniel. He's, just, he's like ain't nothing. I just don't know why it would be such a giant leap for people to get rid of the creeds. Just stick with the Bible. Don't come up with a creed. This is what we believe and all that. Just put your faith in the one who came down here 2,021 years ago from the Virgin Mary, like God said, yep. and a seed of a woman will save the world, he crush Satan. And I just don't know how we don't come together on that and just let it fall where because the Because like Nathaniel said, but he's from Nazareth. Yep. I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. He, he, he just, well, he, he's from Nazareth. I have a hard time. I mean, the arguments he's using, you know, talking about the, his own people, the Jews here. Al, if you look at Christianity, it's so splintered and divided. No wonder we have all this trouble about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. What are y'all in all this? You see what I'm saying? Well, that's why it's, it's so, not rocket science. That's, but that's why it's also so difficult because it is faith. I mean, you do have to believe it. So what's interesting about this this text, as you read, that, that he references one is it's referenced twice in the old testament you rarely see that it was deuteronomy 29 but it's also mm-hmm. isaiah 29 
What's interesting about that, so that's two different eras. Deuteronomy, whenever that was mentioned then, Moses wrote that. He was talking about the ones who had come out of Egypt, and now they wanted to go back. And he was like, I mean, what what is wrong with you people? What God's delivered you, and you want to go back under slavery? That's how, that's the faith they had. But then Isaiah is 800 years after that, and he's got a whole other group of people. He's in that era when we talked about with Elijah. Same argument. Same argument. And now here Paul's making the same argument. 700 years after that. So the point is, no matter what era the the Israelites were in, they had a hard time putting their faith in God, even though he had chosen them to bring Jesus to the world. It's difficult. What was your buddy, old Jim McGuigan? Legalism is a killer. (laughs) He got that accent over there. That's that's Scottish, whatever. I remember him when he said it. It first, he wasn't saying legalism first, but he said it must be hunted down and killed for the animal that it is. Legalism. You know, I, I'll never forget. Let's take the last break. I'll never forget when McGuigan was preaching one time, and he talked about he he talked about the uh, the some of the uh, prison walls of a concentration camp. And they, the Germans had put in there, you know, for the Jewish people, work will set you free. Yeah. And yeah, yeah that I was. I think that's hanging over Auschwitz. It I, is. I, work will set you free. At that, I looked up and I saw that and I thought, yeah. And I remember McGuigan yeah, I think said, the same sermon he yeah, said. Yeah, McGuigan said, that's a damnable lie. Yeah. That was what he Which said. Which it is a lie. It, is, it was a lie to them because they were going to kill them in there. The work was not going to set them but free. But it's a lie in the church. It you know is. what's, what's. And that was his whole point. And it's not like God didn't create us to do good works. He says that in Ephesians 2. Yeah, we are his work. We just get it, the cart before the horse. We we believe that work will set you free. You work hard enough, long enough, and right enough, you'll you'll obtain freedom. So that's why he said in verse— You break the law at one point, you're guilty of breaking all of it. Free from what? If you can't get out of the ground and you can't— Make right, I mean, wrongs right. What can you do? He said in verse 5 of 11, At the present time there is a remnant chosen by grace, and if by grace, then it is no longer by works. If it were grace, grace would no longer be grace. I mean, in other words, yeah. he's saying that if you if it depends any on you, it's not grace. That's right. It's not from God, which is that was the whole issue that they were having. But then he almost yeah. has to come back to the Gentiles, but said, but wait a minute, don't don't get too full of yourself. Because remember, you were grafted in. The the root was a Jewish root. You know, and you read about that too. A, a, a root would spring well, up out of Israel. I learned yeah. this principle when I saw our neighbor graft trees. Because then I thought, oh, you he's doing this quicker. He he was taking one tree, yep. growing. A bitter pecan. Yeah, and then put... Sweet pecan on top of it. They put it in and, a crease in it and tape it up. And from it was a bitter pecan from then on up to that crease. But where he put the transplant in, the the the, the result was the fruit was sweet pecans instead of bitter pecans. Mm-hmm. So but humans are not trees. And right. so they're like, I ain't going with that group. <laughs> that's that's right. I ain't being grafted in with nobody. That's it. <laughs> he compared it. He said, if some of the branches have been broken off and you, 
though he's talking about the Gentiles, though a wild olive shoot have been grafted in among the others and now sharing the nourishment sap from the olive root, do not boast over you being a branch. We made it and they didn't. That's exactly right. Don't do that. You do not support the root, but the root supports you. And I, I think that's where this. If he didn't spare the original, he said he won't spare you either. Exactly. So consider the kindness and sternness of God who did that. He right. said, just consider that. Yeah. And I've always thought that this concept was really why the America, I mean, all throughout our, our history has been very supportive of, of Israel. Yep. You know, because there is that, you know, me included. Yeah, us too. And and because of Christianity, we're supportive of the root. Yep. And so, you know, I, there's no been no greater ally to Israel than the US. And That's I think right. I think the reason why is because of what we read about in the New Testament. True. Well, I've always thought that. They were in the Bible. Right. And, and that's our history. Yeah. Like all we share all that history. We owe the Jews. We do. I've been grafted. Jesus is a Jew. Yeah. I mean, he came here. I studied with yeah. a Jewish guy on that the a TV crew, and, and when I was showing him all these things, he said, Phil, you've almost persuaded me. He said, but all my family members are rabbis. He said, but you've almost got me to the point to where I think maybe you might be right, but I'm scared to say that. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. He, he was close, That's but right. I don't know whether he ever moved on. He said, but you've got me, and he did his hand like that. Yeah. He said, you've got me mighty close. I said, your Messiah is my Messiah. That's right. We all yeah, can we be brought together. together. He was like, hmm. I was almost, making the, I, in fact, I was making my argument from where we've, we've been 9, 10, or 11 of Romans. That was what I was showing him. He was like, hmm. He almost went from stupor to super. <laughs> stupor to oh, super. Oh, there's another like bumper sticker. There's a T-shirt. He liked, the, he liked the verse. to super. He liked the verse and said, I don't even know. I read, I got a Jewish Bible, not y'all's. He said, but. I didn't know that was in there, that Ishmael was a wild ass of a man. In <laughs> uh, the King James, it says wild ass. But, but in, in the NIV, it says wild donkey of a man. Yeah, and he said, is that in the Bible? I said, yeah, see right here, Ishmael. Yep. And he said, well, that sums it all up because he's fighting with the Arabs all the oh, time. Yeah. I, said, I said, this goes way back. They will live and he, Ishmael, will live in hostility toward right. all his brothers. And yep. then he had all these sons and said, and they lived in hostility toward everybody. Yep. And he said, man, I didn't know that. So he said, I'm going to show the, the rabbis that. And isn't it interesting that all these thousands of years later, the attitudes are still very similar. I mean, Israel's on an island. You know, if you, most of if the... you stop at Malachi and don't go on after that 400-year lull and don't see John the Baptist coming up out of the way, if you miss that part, You'll, you'll really miss it, Al. That's exactly right. So he, he, when you get to the end, I, I want to read this last. It's, you know, the NIV puts the title doxology, which is not in the text, but it basically means here's the way he's going to wrap up this section. Because remember, he's he's put some pretty hard things out here, but he Ooh. says there's a door open always to the gospel, and, and including for, for the, the world, Jews, he, for the world, for, for everybody. Past, present, and future. That's right. I mean, he was trying to reach you know everyone through Jesus. You know what's cool to look forward to from all of that, talking to the Jews, the Apostle Paul, when he gets to Romans 12, that's after 9, 10, and 11. When he gets there. That was deep. He basically says, <laughs> he, he, the, he basically saying, look, 
just offer your bodies as living sacrifice. Right. Do it. The opposite of law is all the way through Romans 12. It is. It's how you behave. Well, and he's and talking about, about worship, it's not too. About, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's talking about your worship, is, your spiritual act of worship is offering your body as a living sacrifice. It's not this ritualistic. That's right. Where you are from, code, self Based going to the temple and entering your church building, the sanctuary of your church building. I'm like, no, there's no sanctuary there. No, shouldn't use terms like that. That's right. Then he uses that phrase that don't be conformed to the pattern of the world, which is basically worship anything but God, but be transformed. Yeah, that's what we'll be next next time. So let me read this last bit because I do think it's interesting that he ends with this out of these three chapters that he's been making his case, he said, Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor, who has ever given to God that God should repay him for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be the glory forever. There it is. Amen. Which is, is really powerful because to me, he's like, at the end of the day, he's saying, you know what? We just got to trust that God knows more than we By do. By the way, in my humble opinion, until the United States of America recognizes what that doxology by the Apostle Paul quoting the scriptures of the past, until they understand this, Al, yep. the, the na- our nation will never be healed. That's right. So, so the Jews are not only the hardheads. There's a lot of Gentiles got hardheads too out there. Right. But he's also giving you hope. You know, in 29, we didn't read, but it's just a little bumper sticker statement that says God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Yeah. Yep. Once you answer the call, you're in. Right. We're talking about an eternal God, the most powerful. Think being. about those words, irrevocable, inseparable, can't separate non-condemned. I mean, all this stuff we've been reading about. I mean, it's it's the place to be. Yep. A yep. Christian is the place to be. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.